Hey, sweet friend, welcome to the Free and Well podcast. Are you ready to start showing up authentically in your life, feeling so confident in who you are? Are you ready to stop second guessing yourself, comparing yourself, and wasting your precious time procrastinating and scrolling on social media? Hey friend, I'm Debony. I'm a recovering perfectionist and people pleaser. I'm a therapist, life coach, and dog mom. And I remember being right where you are. I am on a mission to share with you powerful faith and psychology-based tools and simple steps to help you start being kinder to yourself, feeling more confident, creating consistent, positive, healthy routines, and setting healthy boundaries i.e. not saying yes to all the things. It's time for you to break free from self-doubt and comparison. Your most authentic, confident self is waiting. Even though I'm a therapist, this show is for educational purposes only. Information from this show is not a substitute for mental health or medical treatment. It is your time, my friend. Let's dig in and take some real, authentic, perfectly imperfect action together. lovely friend. Okay, today's episode, because I am out on holiday up until January 9th, I am going to be sharing with you either a top downloaded solo episode or a top downloaded interview. And so I'm so, so excited. There are just so many amazing episodes. And even though I share it once and then it gets listened to, I just want to make sure that there are just so many gems and so many amazing episodes when you scroll down and listen to other interviews or other, you know, episodes that I've done that I just, I want to reshare. I want to reshare all of the goodness. And so while I am out on holiday over the next couple of weeks, Mondays and Thursdays, you are going to receive a replay of, like I said, a top downloaded solo or interview episode. And I'm so excited to share these with you. So two announcements before we get started. One is that our free monthly workshop will be on January 18th. If you would like to sign up for that, head down below. It is going to be all about being kinder to yourself. And then second announcement, if you have been eyeing, eyeing uh, metaphorically bloom, a reminder for you that early bird pricing to get 20% off is going to end January 16th. So if you are interested in spending eight weeks with a community of like-minded women, growing practices, routines, learning powerful tools to really support you in being kinder to yourself and growing your confidence, this may be an amazing next step for you. It's going to be eight weeks of community support, accountability, learning new tools, and really just creating space for you to learn amazing, effective tools that have been so supportive for me and my clients. And you'll receive journal prompts, affirmations, meditations, trainings every week. And it's going to be an amazing space. Every week we'll have a specific theme, whether it's looking at your strengths. So all week we'll focus on diving into what are your strengths and your gifts. Another week we're focusing on self-compassion and practicing that, what that could look like in your daily life, meditations around that, journaling around that. Another week it will be breaking free from negative thought cycles and spirals. 
And so it's going to be a very intentional eight week process, community accountability, so that by the end of the eight weeks, you will hopefully have a beautiful, beautiful toolbox and daily practices and tools so that we have laid the foundation together over the eight weeks. And now you have practices, routines, and a toolbox to pull from as you move forward to continue growing your confidence after the program ends. So if this feels exciting for you, head down below. Early bird pricing ends January 16th. Feel free to DM me or email me any questions. I am more than happy to answer questions. Make sure that it actually feels like a good fit for you or a great next step for you. Like I said, I will be out of the office until the 9th, but I will respond after I am back. So I appreciate you and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right. Hello, my beautiful friends. I'm so, so excited to have Dr. Miniche here with me and she's going to introduce herself. She has incredible, incredible wisdom to share with you around perfectionism. And I'm so excited for this conversation. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to have this conversation and um, you know connect with your audience. So thank you again for having me here. Yes, absolutely. So tell our listeners a little bit about you. Yes, I'll, I'll try to keep it short. I am a licensed psychologist here in Los Angeles, and I have a group practice where we work with late teens and adults individually or a couple. We work with a variety of mental health issues like addiction, anxiety, relationship issues, And I personally became interested in perfectionism because I dealt with my own perfectionism about a decade ago. And I started to see so much in therapy, to be honest with you. I know people tend to come to therapy complaining of what we would say insomnia or I'm going through a breakup. I have horrible, you know, anxiety, depression. I need help. However, as sessions went on, I start to see how much perfectionism was behind so many of the mental health problems people are addressing in therapy. And so I do also work on perfectionism in therapy. And that's how I got to start talking about it everywhere, anywhere I can. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so, so excited. So, okay. To help our listeners get to know you a little bit better on a personal level, tell us what is your go-to like coffee or tea beverage that you enjoy in the morning? I am a tea person and I don't know if that's because of my Middle Eastern background. I'm a tea person and I just love classic black Earl Grey tea. Okay. Amazing. No lemon, nothing in there. Just nice black tea, please. (laughs) Amazing. And then tell us where is your favorite place to visit, to travel, or just to spend time? I want to travel to so many more places. However, I had the wonderful fortune to travel to Santorini the island in Greece. And I'm not trying to brag, but I got to go there twice in my life. And it's just honestly heaven on earth. And that's, yeah, that's the- Oh my gosh, that is- Amazing. My mom is actually trying to plan a trip for, she has a really big birthday coming up and we've been playing with the idea of Santorini. And so I love that you said that. I'm like, Ooh, okay. That is confirmed on my bucket list. Now that you said literally heaven on earth. Amazing. Yes. I would, I I hope this conversation makes that higher on your list. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Okay. And then tell us what is one of your favorite quotes related to perfectionism? I was going to say, this is going to be tied to perfectionism. It's from Oprah Winfrey. She has this wonderful quote where she says, seek to be whole, 
not perfect. And I love this because if I may jump into a little bit about this perfectionism, what it really eventually becomes perfectionism isn't just wanting to do things perfectly. It honestly is about rejecting parts of ourselves that are less than perfect. So what I think this perfectionism becomes a mental health issue because you end up having a war within yourself. And there are parts of me I hate. There are parts of me I suck at. There are things about me that people, if they only knew, they will not love me for it. And so her quote about learning to be a whole sums up what this pursuit of, you know, overcoming perfectionism is all about. It's about self-acceptance. It's about being a whole. So powerful. Yeah. And let's just, let's just jump right into it. So tell me more about like, when we think about what is really going on underneath this perfectionism, right? What are some of those other pieces? And I'm really curious too, if we have someone who's like, yeah, I think, I think I'm a perfectionist. Like it it definitely seems like it comes up for me but I'm not a hundred percent sure, or maybe some like sneaky ways that perfectionism comes up, right? Like maybe what that actually looks like in our lives on the day to day, I'd be so curious about. So yeah, if you could share more about like what you think is going on underneath there, what's really driving this and then how this can really show up for us in our day to day. So by definition, perfectionism is wanting to do things perfectly and having high expectations of yourself that are unattainable. And I think at the core of it, the person in their core believe they are not enough as they are. So they have to somehow overcompensate for that. I am not lovable as I am. So I have to be more friendly, more available more, uh, you know, uh, more, uh, more, more giving. I am not smart as, as I am. So I need to study harder, longer. I am not adequate, competent, talented as I am. Therefore, I have to sign up for any projects that's waiting for someone to take on. Mm. So there's, again, this perfectionism is actually a, a false coping mechanism for our inner negative belief that we are not enough as we are. And that could be, I'm not smart enough. So I've had people say to me, they were so, again, struggling with this this idea that they're not smart enough. So right before they are going to attend a gathering, they would read some of the news on their phone an hour before, because so they are up to date about what everybody's talking about. So again, this idea that I'm not, not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, I am not good enough, I'm not a good enough mom, is the belief that drives us to overcompensate by seeking something unattainable, irrational, like perfectionism. Mm. And I think that overcompensating piece just feels like something that I definitely have experienced or have seen and have heard, right, with other people is this, I think that's just so powerful to acknowledge. It's like underneath, we don't feel like we're enough just as we are. And so we need to do so much more. And I think that really, um, can impact another topic that comes up a lot in my community is the idea of people pleasing, right. And not wanting to set boundaries and wanting to, like you said, go above and beyond for other people 
we're really even taking on the emotional well-being or reactions of other people, right? So I'm not going to set this boundary or I'm not going to express how I'm feeling or what I'm needing because I'm so worried that you're going to get upset. And I feel like that so relates to what you're saying that underneath it's this, right? This deep feeling of I'm not enough. So I need to do everything from A to Z to make sure that I'm coming across a certain way or that I'm like doing everything possible to show up or look a certain way or be perceived a certain way. Yes. Perfectionism. So speaking a little bit about how sneaky it is, perfectionism actually can show up in so many different ways. And luckily we're having a lot more conversation about it today than we ever did. But in the past, I think there was a lot of misunderstanding about perfectionism because people thought perfectionists are just, you know, the high achievers, the type A people. Uh, I could never be a perfectionist because I am so messy. I am so disorganized. And we never talked about perfectionism in relationships. We thought it was such a task oriented problem. It's all about just getting things done. While now we know perfectionism will latch onto anything you value. So if you are focusing on your physical health today, then your perfections will go after that and say, can you exercise better? Can you run faster? Can you run faster in a shorter period of time? If your perfectionism latches onto relationships, for example, you just started dating somebody, then it would say, be the most fun, be the most interesting, thought stimulating and attractive and interesting person that that person has ever seen. So it will ask you to be perfect, no matter whatever that's, that's important for you in that moment. So again, it will latch onto things you value. And the other piece of that is that perfection is very fear-driven. So if we are afraid, like I'm afraid of disappointing you. So I will not express my feelings. I'm afraid of your rejection. I'm afraid of, you know, I have fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear of neglect, fear of being unlovable. Then I would compensate by people pleasing, having codependency, poor boundaries, second guessing myself and you're putting your needs before mine. And, and then we ultimately obviously feel more disconnected. That's the irony or that's the failed vicious cycle here in perfectionism. We think it's going to get us happy relationship. And all we are end up with is feeling resentful. We feeling alone, feeling disconnected. And how is this authentic if no one knows how you're feeling? So powerful. Oh my gosh. And I love the clarification that you don't necessarily have to look or seem like a high achiever to struggle with perfectionism, that it can latch on to whatever is important to you here, right? Or whatever your values or priorities are right now. That is so powerful to acknowledge. And I think what you said too, around that it's, it's fear driven, right? And when we think about like what we want to be driving our choices, 
Yes. Right. Do we want our choices to be driven by fear? I'm so afraid that someone isn't going to love me or stay, or, you know, that I'm not going to achieve this thing or that fear that it's just like underlying constantly. And then you said that the fruit of that, the result of that is feeling alone or resentful or disconnected. Yes. Exhausted, burned out and feeling unfulfilled in your life because nothing seems authentic Mm. and speaking of what perfection really is on social media I know one of the things that I get most uh, conversations around is how perfection perfectionism is linked to procrastination and that again shows us we need to break free from these older stories we had around what perfectionism is and be open to and curious enough to say, how is perfectionism showing up in my relationship? How is it feeding into my people pleasing and my difficulties with boundaries and communication? Mm -hmm. And how my tendency to delay decisions, be indecisive, turn to other people for approval and procrastinate all symptoms of my perfectionism. Hey friend, pardon the interruption. I want to share an amazing opportunity with you. I want you to imagine being in that Zoom meeting at work or going out to coffee with some new friends. And I want you to imagine that as soon as you catch yourself comparing yourself to these other girls, as soon as you catch yourself saying, oh my gosh, they're prettier, they're smarter, they're more friendly. Right? And you catch yourself like holding yourself back, not sharing that joke, not sharing your ideas, not sharing your opinions, not contributing into that conversation. Imagine that you could catch yourself when that starts to happen, that old pattern, and you had the tools and felt so able to really practice your thought renewal roadmap that you and I have created together that allows you to catch yourself when that happens, use these tools in the moment and really activate and step into that next level of self-confidence. So you could start speaking up, start sharing those thoughts, start being more friendly, more open, those things that you are, but you get so caught up in these other challenges and these other thought traps. Imagine being able to do that, having the tools so that you can start really sharing, speaking up, letting yourself be seen and heard, making these new connections, not being so caught up in all of these thoughts that are getting in your way. If this is something that feels exciting for you, head to freeandwell.org coaching. This is exactly why I created Confidence Breakthrough Coaching Calls. In our 60 minutes together, we're going to create your three-step thought renewal roadmap that you will then be able to print out and post somewhere where you're going to see it every day or make it the screen saver of your phone. And if you book your spot in May, you're going to get my current rate. Starting June 1st, I am increasing my rate. I'm actually doubling the rate for these calls. So if you book in May, you're going to get my current rate. So head to freeandwell.org slash coaching so we can create your thought renewal roadmap and really start allowing you to activate your confidence and your self-love, my friend. It's your time. 
That is so powerful. And I so resonate with a lot of those, especially that indecision. That's something that I've struggled with. And it's, it's the fear underneath, right? It's oh, yeah. that the fear of like, I'm going to make the wrong choice yes. and then we put it off. And, and then, then it's not going to be perfect. Exactly. So what it, Cause if I were to ask you, so what if you, you make a mistake, what we will end up with is, but that's not perfect. So perfectionism is, yes, you mentioned like fear of making a mistake because mistakes are signs of imperfection and they are signs that we don't belong here. Uh, We don't like belong a position or deserve a relationship. Mm -hmm. If You know, how how did I hurt my loved one? I don't deserve them. No, we can love somebody and still make mistakes in relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the questions that you said too. You said, um, and I'm wondering if we could maybe like, if we could reword it a little bit, just to feel like maybe like I'm wondering another phrase, if someone's like, okay, how is perfectionism showing up in my relationships? Right. Um, maybe another phrase too, that we could use would be, okay, where am I holding unrealistic expectations for myself? Oh my God. Yes. I love that. I love that. And so not to jump ahead, but one of the most, most important things I, I, I I ask of people to do as they look for, okay, what can I do now? How can I work on this topic? Obviously, listening to conversations like this, I believe is one of the first things people do. They may not give it credit, but us reading about, because that's how it began for me. I was reading Brenna Brown's uh, The Gifts Gifts of of Imperfection. So good. So we all have to read or listen to something that first introduces this topic to us, which again, I hope what people are doing here. Then next, we want to track our perfectionism. We want to identify how it is showing up in my life. And as you said, one of the great ways is to obviously just grab a pen and paper and write down different areas of your life, family, friends, work, physical health, mental health, and start writing down your expectations. Sometimes people may not be able to have the words to articulate that. And another way to do that is looking at our emotions, because when we have unrealistic, perfectionistic expectations of ourselves, any given moment, we are then left feeling nervous, anxious, worried, insecure. So often for people, they are very easy to notice the emotion because obviously there's a physical symptoms that comes with it. So maybe we notice the tight chest, the chest. Tightness in my chest, I can speak, (laughs) or I can notice my hands are sweating. Um, What I would ask people to do is when you catch yourself having a difficult emotion, we don't like to say bad emotion, but a difficult emotion, pause and ask yourself, what is going through my head right now? And the thought you can grab will be your perfectionistic rule. Mm. So let's say I am here speaking with you and this has happened many times and luckily I'm getting better at it. But before I meet somebody to speak, I am having stomach. I have very classic anxiety symptoms. My hands will sweat and um, (laughs) I don't have to think too hard. Uh, they're, They're very kind of like classic and my stomach is kind of like tight. So I can notice that I am having anxiety. Then I can ask myself, what am I thinking? And typically, again, they don't have to be They don't have to be, uh, they don't have to be these 
complicated thoughts. It could be simple and straightforward thoughts like, I hope I don't mess up. I hope they like me. I hope I don't say something stupid. I better, again, I better not F this up, mess this up, screw this up. And then when you write those words down, you'll see what you are feeling is fear of making mistake and fear of fear of um, looking foolish. And, and if you were to make a mistake, it would mean that you are not good at this. That's so powerful. And I love the two different options, right? So you can pull out your journal and ask yourself, right? And these, okay, family, friends, career or work, or, you know, where am I having unrealistic expectations or where do I feel it's just really heavy and really stressful and there's a lot of weight there, right? Or if those are hard for you to identify, then you can, you know, kind of sit and just notice over the coming days, when am I feeling really tense, tight, anxious, and jot that down in the moment. And that awareness, that awareness is so huge. Just building that awareness to start. And what I would say to, to the first suggestion exercise, when you're writing down your expectations, another way you might want to do is like, let's say, let's take couples relationship, write down your expectations of yourself and then go through the list and ask yourself, would you how would you respond if your best friend had those expectations? Because the truth is we are so much nicer and flexible and supportive, encouraging to other people than we're to ourselves. When it comes to ourselves, the bar is very, very high all the way to the moon. But when it comes to someone we love, oh, just do your best. Everybody loves you. It's going to be great. You're, you're worth it. You're smart. You've got this. But when it comes to ourselves, hold on, did I read five books on this topic before I can speak on it? Or or did I, you know, do X, Y, and Z before I can go on this date? So I think when people write down their expectations, try to step back and ask yourself, how would I feel if somebody else had these expectations of Mm. themselves? And if I would tell them to let that expectation go, then I have to do the same to myself because I deserve the love and affection I give to everybody to give it to myself. I love that so much. Bringing in that self-compassion, right? What what would I say to a friend? I love that so much. And even picturing like I'm, I'm so visual. And so if I was to picture a scale and if you were to picture a scale of one to 10 with this expectation, right. Of like, okay, this expectation feels like a 10, like it's a very high bar, right? Like perfection over here. If I could just move over maybe two spaces, one or two spaces, what, what would that look like? Or what would that sound like? Right. And journaling that out of like, what, what could be a, even just a tiny bit of a healthier or more helpful narrative be, or belief be around this. So instead of, okay, I need to, you know, fully show up for this person all of the time. If we're talking about relationships, right. Um, what would feel even a tiny bit healthier or more helpful for, or more compassionate, right. For you to show up with. And I think that's also is about asking ourselves, where can I start? Because, uh, I want to, I want to acknowledge here that overcoming perfectionism is really, really hard because it served a purpose for a longest time and letting go of that 
armor, as Brenna Brown calls it, you know, letting go of that coping mechanism can make you feel very, very exposed. And I understand that you may need to take baby steps or you may want to you may want to start in areas of your life that seem less threatening than, let's say, a couple relationship or parenthood. You might want to start with something like maybe cooking or garden or you're like, let's start with your garden. Can your garden not be so perfect? I love that. (laughs) Can we start with something again, less threatening? I'm not saying less important because gardening can be a value for so many people. But I wanted to acknowledge, like you're saying, when we are redefining our choices and redefining how we're showing up in life, it is not going to be an easy task, which is why I as you just mentioned the word compassion, not only I encourage people, I advise people to have compassion in their toolbox. I also ask them to have courage mm-hmm. because it's going to take a lot of courage to do things differently. It is not going to be easy to like what you just said. Can you just do two step less or two step below yeah. than what your perfectionism is telling you? I want to validate that that is going to be very scary. Yes. And we can do hard things. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so powerful to acknowledge. And yeah, just that, just that encouragement that, like you said, it takes time. Right. And I think even, you know, really leaning into that compassion when those scary thoughts come up, when you even think about trying to move a step down the scale, right. And those thoughts come up and you feel really nervous or like, no, like that's not okay. You need to be meeting these. Right. Um, I love what you said about acknowledging that there was purpose in this, there has been purpose in this and that, and and that's something that you can even tell yourself. Maybe you write it on a post-it or something is like, at some point this helped me and this was necessary and this was good, but now I get to choose something different, but acknowledging that, right. Instead of judging our shell, our ourselves, our, ourselves and shaming ourselves for struggling with this, acknowledging like there was purpose in this. There's a reason it, it helped me through whatever was happening. Yes, absolutely. There, there always been. And that's why one of the, one other like exercise to maybe explain to people is like really being honest and self-validating. These were the benefits of my perfectionism. And here are the what we call cost disadvantages of my perfectionism. And I have to, you know, recognize that the disadvantages are outweighing the benefits. And, and, and then obviously what will be some of the benefits of me living a whole life, a life where I see myself as a whole and accept every part of me, the good and the imperfect parts of me, what will be the benefits of that? And last but not least, I do suggest to people to write a goodbye letter to their perfectionism. Because I do think that it's okay to say goodbye to something that helped you feel a sense of belonging, helped you. I didn't say succeeded, but it it tried to help you feel like you are enough, lovable and worthy. And again, like we can give it thanks and we can say, thank you for trying your best to be there for me. And I know you tried to help me, but I got this. I got to do things imperfectly and I need to part ways with you. 
Okay. I feel like people are going to need to listen to this twice because you're sharing so much goodness, like so much fire here, right? Like all of these things that our listeners can like journal out and explore and look at. And I love what you said about what are the benefits of my perfectionism up till today, right? How has it helped me? And then right next to it, just like a pros and cons list right next to it, what has it cost me? Mm-hmm. And I love that idea too of like, okay, if I was to be more so pursuing a whole life or living in wholeness versus perfectionism, what would that allow for me? What could that look like? What would yes. be the benefits, right? So powerful. To earn respect from other people. And if you are pursuing or addressing something, I think with social media, there are so many like, impulsive comments there can be again more pressure like I must articulate myself perfectly Mm. if I'm going to speak on a topic that I feel passionate about and there's some wrongdoing I must again protest it or fight for it or stand behind it perfectly all the time Uh, otherwise I am not I'm I'm fake so I think it's really important to understand like perfectionism shows up in 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 it shows up differently or at times maybe more intensely for minority groups uh whether you are in a minority because of your sexual orientation or you or, you know you are a minority because of um racial and ethnic identity uh, so it it's it's helpful to understand that we latch on to perfectionism even more when we are part of those commun- those groups and everything we said still applies uh, that the goal is to be a whole and to be our authentic self and that we do not have to be perfect to, to earn our place. So powerful. Yeah. Do you have any other like insights or, you know, nuggets related to that specifically that, that you would want to leave people with if they, if they're really resonating with that? I think it, it will be understanding maybe some of your personal experiences that played a role. Again, there are so many different minority groups. I want to honor the unique experiences of each of them. So what I would ask is if you identify being in a minority group because of your religious beliefs versus sexual orientation versus racial identity, like they're all equally valid and that you need to look at the history of that. Because again, I'm a Middle Eastern descent. So my Middle Eastern history is different than someone who's you know African-American or someone who is um, Jewish. So I think we all have to, look at our own history and understand compassionately how that historical events played a role in our false belief that we need to be perfect for our ancestors. We need to be perfect to fight the fight with, with what's going on and kind of unbreak those so false powerful. Beliefs. Thank you so much for, for being willing to kind of share on that a little bit. Okay. We talked about so much. We talked about so, so much. So tell me, what do you think would be a couple of like last, last words or last encouragements? Um, or even if there's any resources that you would want to encourage people to go check out, what do you think would be some next steps? I know we talked about like how to track your perfectionism. So I think, and we talked about compassion and courage. So I just wanted to maybe add that we have to ultimately embrace the imperfections. 
So if you can just mess things up a little bit every day in some way or another, I think that would be great. So I would ask people, can you leave one thing undone on your to-do list? If you feel, again, you might be making your bed every day part of your morning routine. I don't want to take that away from you. But if part of your like perfect thing is make your bed, don't make your bed today. All right. (laughs) Or take a nap middle of the day if that is the most imperfect thing to do. So um, I had a I had a client like tell me a story about how when their partner's coming home, they make sure they they were not seen on the couch because mm. that was just not perfect enough. So lay on the couch, middle of the day, I love get that. some sunshine. So my my last ad- advice is embracing our imperfections and doing things imperfectly. So I would hope that everybody does a little bit something a little bit imperfectly today. And book-wise, I think I already did give, give away one of my favorite, which is Brenna Brown. I would definitely recommend anybody uh, to look into her work. Obviously, she's such an expert on studying all things shame, vulnerability, for self-compassion. Kristen Neff is another expert. I would highly recommend her book on self-compassion. I guess along with that, I do like to really encourage people to look into meditation And I want to say this very carefully because I do know that sometimes people feel like that means you need to sit in silence for 20 minutes. I actually would say do something quietly for 10 minutes. That could like a walk can be meditative. Doing a puzzle can be meditative and gardening uh, and just you don't have to be again expert, just clean some of the weed or something. Uh, from your front yard can be meditative. So I will like you guys, I will like people to, again, do less and embrace just being in the moment. So powerful. Yeah. I love that. And I, as you're saying that what's coming up for me is thinking about, right. Like doing something mindfully where you can continue to bring your, maybe you set a timer, right. For 10 minutes. And then you're like, okay, I'm just going to tune in to maybe the colors or the textures or the sounds that I'm hearing you know, and just paying attention to that for the next couple of minutes. And as your mind wanders, just bringing it back to something like that and just trying to be present. And there's so much power in that. It, yes, I, everything you said, it was a wonderful, yes. Doing something mindfully every day. It's, it's, it's a, it's an opposite of perfectionism and because perfectionism is all about like, how, what can I do next? And there is never permission to catch our breath. So if you can find any moment you're catching your breath, you're reconnecting with your body and maybe even, you know, giving some gratitude, some thanks to things in your life, it would help in this journey. Amazing. Okay. And then where can people connect with you? So it's actually where we connected. Instagram is a great way to connect with me. I know it's a popular place where everybody is, but it's where somewhere I'm really active. And if anybody likes to check out perfectionismuniversity.com is a platform where I have free resources on perfectionism. I have a quiz where people can take just 15 questions to help them understand how perfectionism is showing up. So if they like to check out, yes, Perfectionism University. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this episode spoke to you and encouraged you. And before you go, I have an online community that is just for you. Head to freeandwellcommunity.com and be sure to enter your email so you can be the first to hear about new episodes, to get Monday morning journal prompts, and to get special gifts from me. 
All right, my friend, I will see you at our next coaching coffee date. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day.